Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Are you a leader looking to create a life worth living in your faith, family, and career? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the podcast that shares encouraging stories and practical tools so that you can define success on your terms and leave an impact and a legacy that you would be proud of. Now, I'm your host, Jerry Dugan, and in this episode, we're going to be joined by Andre Paradis. Now, Andre was a professional dancer who shared the stages with folks like Julio Iglesias, Paula Abdul, and more. And he hung that up, got into business, and eventually met the woman of his dreams. And now, today, he is helping singles and married couples create healthy relationships for the long term. So we're going to be talking about the three C's of healthy relationships and other practical advice to help you thrive in your marriage. So sit back, relax, grab a notebook and a pen, because here we go. All right, Andre, how are you doing on this fine day? Oh, very well, Jerry. Thank you. I'm in Los Angeles, and the sun is and it's beautiful like in a movie. Nice. Now, depending on how my dad is driving at the time we're talking, he might... Oh, no, no. He's stopping in San Diego. Never mind. So he's nowhere near LA right now. Nope. <laughs> he, he's doing this big loop. He lives in Santa Clara, California. So he did this loop to like Washington, Montana, uh, Oklahoma, visited us in Texas. So he's visiting family. He just got cleared by the doctor to travel again. And so now he's visiting my Aunt Patty down in San Diego. And then he'll drive on up so he'll pass la he'll in pass. a few days oh wait yeah, yeah oh, there wait. you go she's like uh, jerry's dad maybe about <laughs> now <laughs> awesome now i wanted to get you on the show because i mean you're passionate about uh you know coaching for healthy relationships mm-hmm. uh you know looking at how today's culture really kind of sets us up for failure for long-term uh marriages and family and that kind of thing and then the thing that really caught my attention because my daughter has been involved with dance since she was six years old until she was 18 and she just hung it up she just turned 20 recently so this is a relatively recent thing and i was like man this is cool we got to get this guy on here so i'm glad we were able to connect and get on as soon as we could um now your career as a dancer um, yep. You performed for folks like Michael Jordan, for Prince. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Did I say Jordan? Jackson, yeah. the other guy, the one who can sing <laughs> and dance, that one. Yes, the other one. <laughs> Jackson. Uh, yeah, the other wanted, Michael. Yeah. The other Michael. Right. You know what? I was interviewing a guy who has a basketball background. I'm like, how did I get Jordan? But that's not important. So dance. So you had this career in dance, and you, you still dance. Um, yeah. But what was it like performing with these guys? Like, what was life like, uh, just to give us an idea? Uh, I mean, it was obviously a um, gradual getting to. I mean, I'm French Canadian. I was born in Quebec City in a snowbank, for God's sake. Oh wow! And, but I discovered I discovered I was 15 that I I had a, a talent for dancing in a, in a ballroom class. I it was a surprise to me where everything the teacher could I remember like the teacher on my right with the girl in my arms and everything he did I, I could just instantly copy. Like it's like it was really bizarre because it's so visceral. It was. Like, I knew this already. He was just reminding me. Bizarre. I mean, bizarre. Yeah. So, but I was a, I was, I came from a kind of messed up background. My family system was quite horrible. And I was a sad person. I was a sad kid. I didn't think it was going to go far with the belief that I didn't belong. I, I, the belief is that I don't belong here. I, 
just don't belong here. I'm not supposed to be here with these people. So got it weird and disconnected and awkward. And anyway, so to discover this talent when I, I'm an anomaly here, this is, it's not supposed to be here. That was interesting. So, but it made me, it lifted my spirit, it made me smile. It made me like, okay, well, this is fun. Like, have there's <laughs> a little joy in my, in my spirit and my heart. And so it became all I wanted to do when, but my, at the, at the, Ah, resistance of my family like how do you make a living at this you know we're all professional my brothers are lawyers my sister's cpa my other brother cpa i'm i want to dance well i want to dance because my heart needed to dance like my spirit so i just went that's all i all i do is that's all i wanted to do and eventually because i had this ability innate surprise um whatever kind of dancing i did stuck like it just i could do it all like and like rapidly and i mean it's obviously the strength the training the alignment all this stuff that took that took years but somehow they everybody could see something so i got scholarship after scholarship i never paid for my training it was just kind of magical and i just sort of let it go let it go because i was going to go back to school eventually because can't make a living in this stuff but it makes me want to live so i'm going to stick to this for a while then i thought let's give it a shot and see what it takes me and in a couple of years it doesn't work out at least i've tried like i've just went with my heart well, guess what? All the way to Michael Jackson, Prince, Paul Abdul, Luda Glazes, and they, you know, like travel the planet, literally dancing, choreographing, performing, also teaching, because it goes to the territory. Mm-hmm. And it was literally just a, you know, one foot in front of the other with, that's all I wanted to do. Yeah. Because it lifted my spirit. Now, do you still dance to this day? Or oh, yeah, you... absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I went, you know, so I started ballroom, then I went commercial, you know, they call it contemporary, but commercial jazz dancing, we called it. This is everything you see on television, music videos, whatever, like movies. Um, with that, I'm in Los Angeles, so salsa is a version of ballroom that is, you know, sort of the Latin. In ballroom, is called the mambo, and, you know, in, in, on the street, it's called the salsa. The salsa in itself is this huge and amazing thing that actually just pulls on my heart. So I taught salsa. I did salsa. I to every every Sunday, my wife and I are taking a private salsa class still because um, I know how to do it. Then I have my tricks. However, I can't teach her the girl part with the arms and the you know all this stuff. So <laughs> we have you know. So I hire somebody. So we are we're still salsa today. And yeah, nice. it's it's I it's it's that my the core of my being. That's how yeah. I I stay healthy spirited and and uh, connected to my body yeah my my daughter's uh ballet school um the owner of the ballet i think i believe she was in her 80s and to see her like leap up on top of chairs while talking yeah. to the the people on stage i'm like how i'm in my 40s and i can't do that without falling on my face and she just nimbly jumped up there and said all right i need you to do this this and her voice just projected i'm like yeah. so folks if you want a I mean, Dancing with the Stars, they showed it. Like, there are guys that get on there a little chunky, and they're thin and fit by oh, the time absolutely. they finish the season. And, they said uh, football players can't keep up with dancers. Yeah, like, exactly. The, what it takes to be a football player, which is insane, the dancers are three times the shape. Yes. From the conditioning, from the strength, from the stretching, from the from the, the reflexes, from the balance. But, like, it's interesting. And I get it. I mean, I never we never considered myself a dancer. I was an athlete. Yeah. Period. Like oh yeah, lean, lean, hard, flexible, tight. You know, I mean, that's it. Just comes with it because you know we're, we're talking about training, like you know, three, four hours a day. Mm-hmm. So, and sometimes you, you get on a gig or a show, you're working, you're dancing eight hour days. Yeah, you never stop moving. 
yeah, which is fantastic. It's built in cardio. Yeah. Sometimes learning the routine right then and there. So you got to memorize oh. it, you got the mental piece, and you got the physical that's, piece to go that's, with. Wow. That's a brain training. I mean, like you go on an audition and they throw whatever they're throwing at you, you have to grab it, own it, and deliver it within minutes back yeah. at them and make it your own and completely like fluid. And that's the big part of the training is a mental training of the ability for your brain to grab, decode, integrate physically right through your body and just give it back. It's, it's amazing. And that's a huge, huge, huge part of the training. And yeah. the reason why you have to keep training is, you know, part of the time of year when you get, when I went to Thailand for four months on a gig, I was choreographing and producing a show, producing a show for their top female pop star, like our Janet Jackson here. That was the lady I was, the girl I was building a show for. This whole time that I'm training, that I'm, I'm not training. You know, and the first thing that slips, I think uh, musicians understand this as well. If you stop rehearsing, your timing comes off. Your timing, like that little edge, that super edge. So you never stop training. You never stop training. So the brain stuff is amazing, but the physicality as well. Yeah. So that's the level of professionals. Like, you know, most folks practice it until they get it right. Professional will practice so they never get it wrong. Right. And, and that's yeah. a huge yeah. difference right there. Never now, stop. I know you and your wife, your wife also dances from what I understand. Yeah. She's a ballerina. And, right. Yes. And yes. Uh, now you've been married over 30 years, which means you probably got together early 90s, give or take a few years. Um, and now I'm coming off of five days of watching Christmas rom-coms with my dad for five days straight. So like I stopped counting after 15. I think we watched like 24 of them. He has effectively messed up our TV's algorithm for the next two years. <laughs> so all that. Just, yeah, it, it's fine. It's his fault, not yours. <laughs> and, uh, but with that, I mean, my dad's a sucker for like what they call meet cute stories. I am too. My wife and I love to hear how couples met. So I'm, I'm curious, did you both meet while you were both dancing professionally? Like, how did you two meet? She walked into my class. Wow. <laughs> That's <Straight> simple. <laughs> That's simple. No, I was I was on the road. I was, you know, my first big professional job uh, was Chippendales. So I was on the road for Chippendales. And again, I was just talking about like the lack of training of rhythm, fitness, right? So yeah. I wasn't a stripper. I was a dancer in the show, but I had to look like a stripper. So they hired dancers to be the stage energy and the, obviously the talent because the guys are big and strong, but they don't, they can't do anything. So they hired four like professional dancers, uh, but the stage production wow. can make it exciting and all that stuff. But we have to look like strippers, right? Like we have to look. So look at me. Like physically, you have to look like one of the guys. But we are the talent. So that was my first professional job. And when it, it was fun. It was crazy. It was wild. You know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, women. Like I can tell you stories to make your hair this curly. <laughs> it was a fantastic. I was a young, you know, 25, 26 year old at the, uh, at the time, and I I realized how traditional I was in the inside I didn't know till then honestly and that after a year plus I'm like this is not this is twisting my brain it's twisting my mind it's just twisting my life I compare myself to guys that have been that were in the show like one guy was in the show for five years and he was beyond prepared from the lifestyle mm -hmm. and I'm thinking if I continue this job which is fun um I'm gonna be like him and I realized I wanted I wanted a traditional life and I wanted a wife and kids and all that stuff but Till then, it was an idea. Then, and, and anyway, so I quit. Which the guys are like, "Are you stupid? Everybody <laughs> wants. Everybody wants to be us." I'm like, "You can be you. I'm going to go be me." Yeah, and go back to work. But so this is when I moved to Los Angeles. So I'm in class. I I got myself position in uh, Debbie Mental Studio, which is famous. So I'm teaching 
like 10 classes a week at Debbie Reynolds and um, my radar was up. My radar was up. I was looking for the girl. I was, I'd been, I'd done all the madness. I was looking for the girl, the radar. And she walked in and within two and a half minutes, my knees kind of buckled and my ears got hot like a five-year-old and this is my woman. Wow. Like that's it. Like is that was it. <laughs> and uh, I guess I'm comparing to my own story here. Now, did you like ask her out like right then and there? Or, like how long did it take for you to actually ask her out right. on a date? So kind of a funny story. I was dating another girl mm-hmm. who I thought might be potential, and I was six months into that relationship and kind of found out that she really ultimately was uh, a man hater. Oh wow. She was lovely in a lot of ways, but she had such issues in her past with men that I, she never met me. I was one of those things with a penis that you can't trust and that you would get. So I, she never met me. So yeah. I'm in the yeah. middle of that. The only understanding I'm in hell, I need to get out, right? And I picked the wrong girl and then my wife walked in. So that was like, there it is. <laughs> wow. Used a little bit of a mistake. So it took me three months to shake off the other woman. Excuse me. It was complicated until I could actually sort of focus on my wife, who was going to class three times a week. Nice, nice. And so that's that was that was kind of a funny story. Yeah. Itself. Now it took me three months to get the courage to ask my wife out. Um, to which she replied, "What took you so long?" So apparently she was dropping <laughs> she was dropping hints for three months, and I was missing them. It was like boom, boom, boom. We were both in the army, and uh, my assignment when I got back from Kosovo was to teach her everything I knew and learned in Kosovo. Well, I ran out of stuff in about four days, and I was just pulling stuff off shelves, grabbing manuals, and and kind of making Anything. up stuff. And I did that for right. three months, like just teaching her everything I knew. And so when I asked her, like, what? And she's like, do you really think I wanted to learn about how to set up a field antenna? I was like, do you really think I set up a field antenna when I was in Kosovo? She's like, no, I just figured you were, like, pulling up manuals at that point. And so that was 20, 22 years ago. So. Go for it. Oh man, I love those stories. And so you had already chosen to leave that that road life and oh, yeah. uh, the the fi- like kind of the fame and the lights and the glam uh, to to kind of slow down a bit. And uh, you're already recognizing you were in a relationship that wasn't really going anywhere because you know really your partner at the time had some major barriers that were going to prevent you from yep. having that connection. And yep. then you know Mrs. Paradis walks in and it's love at first sight and uh, and. You know, you've done a lot of work because you don't get to 30 plus years in marriage without doing the work. And I know you're right. career wise, business wise, you had a lot of hats you wore in the time. Um, I guess I got two different ways I want to go here. But I think that the best way to start bringing this together is some of the stuff that I know you talk about on other shows is how and you hinted at this uh, a moment ago when you realized you were a traditional male or a traditional yep. man. Um and that was that clash at what is kind of the modern woman or the modern uh, climate in a sense. So yep. in, in what ways have you and your, your wife found today's culture at odds and, and trying to challenge what you've built together and, and what you see other people? Uh, that's a big question. Right. Um, <laughs> that's me letting you take the lead for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. Oh, wait. So, before that, before that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Whoa, um whoa. Because I just saw a video of you and your wife. Uh, You're talking about the the. Oh, never mind. Let's come up. So go back. Go back. If you remember the question, go back. So then tell me the question again, because now I'm twisted. (laughs) Because I had two of them at the same time. I wanted to go with. Um, Yeah, let's take one at a time. 
All right. Let's let's go back to the second question. So the one yeah. I didn't ask and flubbed out. I can edit all this out. This is the beauty of editing. Of course. <laughs> I'm going to leave it all in just to I'm with you. laugh it's at myself. Fun. So it's pretty fun. Your wife and yourself were in a video clip I saw just a couple days ago. Uh, yeah. Actually, it might have been this morning. Um, and you talk about marriage is like a dance, you know, ballroom dance. Absolutely. You, you Absolutely. do this analogy of like you're both partners. You're both side by side. But one of you has the role of leading and the other one has the role of supporting and being a part of that dance. And and that marriage is a lot like that, especially healthy marriage. And um, can you unpack? Exactly like that. Yes. Exactly like that. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. I've been in a Christian uh, and in a Christian marriage and something my wife and I have talked about, hearing that from the perspective of dance was like, yes. Um, so I was wondering if you could unpack that for us, and then we'll get to the original question. Okay, well, so I'm giving you a visual to start. So if you look behind me, this is my wife and I. And for those who can't see, it uh, looks like a couple doing the foxtrot. It's it's a waltz actually. Waltz, oh, I was so close. No, no, and, I you know, so, the, so the dress, and it, so yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so um, that's my background. This is like this. Everything I teach now is in reflection, and the metaphors for dancing and relationships are fantastic. So in in our culture, we like the idea of fifty fifty or equality or men and women are the same, which is really 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 uh, on paper it sounds really great. That would sounds like a good fair deal, except and it works for business. It works for making money. Except, but it comes when it comes to relationship, it's a kiss of death. It actually is because it completely flies in the face of nature. By the way, everything I teach is not my opinion. Everything I teach is nature, science, chemistry, the chemistry of our brains that misses as us behave differently. Anthropology, psychology, right? So there's layers. I I'm, I'm, I stand on the shoulders of five masters with whom I work and study, and you know, plus my own research. Anyway, so all I'm saying is it's not my opinion. I teach what works in nature. And we think as humans somehow, somewhere, again, on paper it looks good, that equality is the way to go, that men and women are the same. They're not. Again, if you look at a dance ballroom couple, they come together as two different uni- entities, two different units, completely separate, completely apart, completely different, operating completely backwards one from another, but made to fit complementary. It's a complementary dynamic. So the leader and a supporter. Now, if you want, if you want to get stuck on on equality, then well, that's not fair, you know. How come she doesn't get to lead? Because if she gets, she tries to lead in the dance. I get the elbow to the face, like the knee to the groin. We're fighting. We're not dancing. We're fighting. We're 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 competing. So what works in relationships and in bottom dancing is that one has to lead more, and the other one has to support more. Now, relationships are more. There's a bit of flex, obviously, because it's some give and take. Something she wants to lead more that she's better at and some things I want to acquiesce to because I'm not good at it, right? So there's a whole flick. But again, the metaphor with dancing is 
what leads and we get this and and i could be a i could lead in the dance and in the relationship i could over lead i could i could i could lead with being too big right i could actually hurt her i could crack her arm i could crank her shoulder i could actually hurt her if i don't lead with certain sensitivities that i have to discover with her you see the fit relationships so i lead but I'm not a pig. It's not a dictatorship. I'm not running over. She just, she's not passive. She's not has no say. You think she's passive in my arms? Yeah, a sweet like flying around the dance floor. You think she's passive? She's not. She's actually very active, right? Holding her sides. You know, I can't lead her unless she is, is holding her own space. So she's very active and doing everything I'm doing backwards in high heels and a dress. Hello. So it's not passive. However, as I learn to lead her with sensitivities for her comfort and her well-being. And she now, she also then has to trust and be vulnerable to my leadership. And she has to trust that I'm not going to like spit her into a wall or a chair or a table or another couple. Like she has to let go of control in order for me to lead. And, and in that, she gets to relax. She's not thinking. She's just being. I'm doing all the thinking and the planning, but I like it. I'm the leader and it makes me feel good to lead. For her, she gets to let go of the leadership in that moment. She's being open and vulnerable, which makes her shine, feminine energy. No one's looking at me. Everyone's looking at her. She gets all the glory. And in that moment, that radiance, the feminine radiance that we all delight in so much is all over the space. So, and I'm going to say this, you know, I can still make my wife squeal on the dance floor. Like I can still surprise her. Like we're, we're like, it's, it's such an, an, an in the moment kind of thing where I, she, she allows me to take her on an adventure on a dance floor, understanding that I know what I'm doing. You know, I know how to lead her gently as, as needed and strongly as needed according to what we're doing, but she's open and understand that she's safe. I got it. She can relax into this and it's an adventure and she doesn't know where it's going to go, but she's open to that. She loves that on some level, right? Ultimately she's safe. And that's exactly the same metaphor that apply in relationship. And it's like her trust in you is a response. I mean, there's that initial, I need to let go and let him lead. Yeah. And then as you build that consistency, like you can trust me as I lead you, uh, she's responding to that more and yeah. more and more. But Absolutely. Like if, if you went into that pig mode, like you were talking about, the response is- That wouldn't happen. I right. don't want to dance with this guy anymore. And Exactly. Yeah. yeah I, and I then totally again, but and if she decides she won't let me- she won't she won't let me lead or will not like be vulnerable to my leadership. We're gonna be fighting and I'm gonna leave her on the dance floor myself. Yeah. Because it goes both ways, right? So again, and that trust is actually I call it it's it's, it's trust you wanna build a trust worthy record. So as a man, if you're gonna lead, then you have to know where you're going for her to be able to let go. If you don't know where you're going, she can't follow. Yeah. Right? On the dance floor, the moment I doubt myself, I don't know if you've ever done, I've done gymnastics, of course, part of my training. And I, I remember sometimes you have, you have to be so present and so vigilant when you do gymnastics because if, and I've done it, like for one second, you're up in the air, upside down, you go, wait, what am I doing? Boom. <laughs> out of your face. Yeah, That's how you like break your neck, right? But like, you cannot be not present for a, a fraction of a second, you know? And I remember I was tired that day when that happened. Same thing in the dance. If I'm if I'm leading her, and all of a sudden I go, wait, what am I doing? That in moment where there's like a question, and I lose literally instantly the leadership energetically, she'll stiffen right up. Yeah. She'll stiffen right up and try to correct or 
still didn't. And she freaks out. Like, she knows that I'm not in control. And she's in my arms. I'm driving. Right? Same in relationships. So, again, I go back to nature. It's not a dictatorship. It's not leader and doormat. Right? This is where people always take it to. Right? So women, women, women in our culture want to be leaders now because they're better than doormats. That's not it. Right? If you can't support the leadership and want to get in a dance and do it together and do it the way that it works better with all the adjustments required per our personalities and style. But if you refuse to let the man lead, you end up on a dance floor by yourself. So it's yeah. not dictatorship. It's not doormat. It's not him in front and you behind. That's like all the said the patriarchy. Okay, don't give me going patriarchy. That's not at all what people make it make it out to be. Different different show, right? But so in our in our culture now, we women are convinced that they now have the right to get in front of men. So it's not even a question to be. It's like now it's our turn. We're going to get in front of men. Well, that doesn't work at all either. So it's not him in front or you in front. It's a partnership side by side. It's working together. It's a partnership. It's pilot co pilot president. Vice president, right? Navigator, driver, and without the other one, like by you know, if both pilots go for the pl- the, the wheel, the plane crashes, mm-hmm. and that's what happened. So yeah. we can't be equal in, in love dynamics. It doesn't work. It flies in the face of nature. It's a polarity that has to be in place: masculine, feminine, yin yang, up down, day night. One cannot exist without the other. Polarity is essential to keep the den- energy between working. That means the more opposite we are in relationship the more magnetic polarized we are the better it works the yeah. quality destroys relationships yeah i think a lot of what we're seeing <laughs> is that um you know that pushback to this type of dynamic is because there have been people out there who've abused that that idea of i'm the lead therefore what i say goes and you've talked about this a number of times already just yeah. that you know being the head di- or being the dictatorship. lead yeah it doesn't mean dictatorship it, and, absolutely not um, that's and not a partnership. Exactly. Yeah. And and I love that you're bringing that important ingredient there that they are partners, they're side by side. Even, you know, from the Christian perspective, like Eve comes out of the side of Adam, not above or below the side. Behind. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, not from the back side. It's the side. Right. And it, it, that's a very key detail that a lot of people like to gloss over. And uh, I'm watching a documentary sure. with uh, my wife right now about... Um, uh, anyway, it, it it was about the Duggar family, and and uh, you know, right. there's this hierarchy in there. It's like, oh wow, but the way it's communicated, or or at least perceived, was like the value of people is in this hierarchy. And I was like, eh, well, uh, but you're talking about roles. Like one needs to lead in a dance, the other one needs to support and follow. And it's the same in a relationship. One does lead a little bit more than the other. Doesn't mean that the wife has no voice. I don't think that absolutely you're not. That, yeah. That's not at all. I'm saying you got it. Yeah. And so I think for, uh, I know men, I know why women struggle with it because there is that history of, you know, things like domestic violence and men being powerful and controlling. Um, and you know, I think it's up to the men to to start to make that shift to, because there's almost like this, either I've got to be overly masculine to a point where I'm a caricature or not be masculine at all. And so there's this confusion around what is masculinity? What is, what's a healthy way about going about this? And so for us men, like what is that way to come in to a marriage relationship so that we are leading and we're, and you've given a lot of hints, but for the guys that just need to hear it in black and white, step-by-step, if there's a way to present that. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of nuance in all this guys. (laughs) There is, but at the same time, it's very basic and 
rather simple. Again, like this stance that I'm talking about, you know, as if a bottom couple, if, when you watch them glide and they're, they look as seamless, it's beautiful, this art, it's, it's, it's unbelievably beautiful to watch. Like it's so wildly smooth. Yeah. Right. And they're not talking, but they communicate. Do you know what I mean? So and what I'm saying is it wasn't like this in the beginning, right? They step on each other's toes. You got the elbow to the nose, I promise you. And then you do the groin, you know, and she put, got cranked over and, you know, too hard and pulled on her shoulder and all, you know what I mean? But whatever. And, you know, but it, take, it takes practice together to get the flow of how do we do this? So we be, we're two different entities becoming one. Again, it's a partnership. It's a, comp, you know, complementary stuff. And that just takes practice. But in our culture, we think, you know, it's supposed to be easy and smooth and happening really quickly. And the woman is still fine. It's the wrong person. It's ridiculous. You know, if ballroom dancers were like this, it's never fun in rehearsal. It's always work. You know, it's, it's and it's a, it's a matter of like problem solving and conflict resolution in relationships. Like, it's not in the good times that you find out who you're dancing with. It's in the conflict. And the conflict resolution is when you actually build a trustworthy record to understand and know as you have conflicts and are hopefully adults and talk about it like adults as opposed to trying to win or blame each other. Is it a conflict resolution to create intimacy, connection, and a trustworthy record? Ultimately, just like in the relationship, bottom dancers are trying to solve the problem or how do we get this to work? So we both have each other's interests at heart not my way not her way us how do we get to look like these people who are smiling gliding and practice and in that it's all the discomfort of getting to that place so yeah. in our culture we think it should be easy it's not it's not this takes work that's what smart people do they get to work right yeah. so that's the work that i do yeah. Oh man. I mean, and it's a very important, like, to to know where to make those adjustments, uh, how to understand what your partner is wanting in the relationship, what she's needing in the relationship is huge. Amen. And, Amen. Uh, you know, the e the easy outs are no, we're doing it my way, or well, you do it yourself. <laughs> and, is that, right. So, it, right. Yeah. How's that going to end up? Exactly. You know I mean, like I yeah. said, that couple again. If you if you just look at the the, the world of dancing, if if you can't work together and solve it together you're gonna end up not on the floor together yeah yeah and you blame each other for it sometimes if you're oh. not paying attention and if you decide that you know you could be uncomfortable with things you could be uh out of sort with things you could be puzzled right men and women puzzled and confused the hell out of each other all the time because we're two different machines again there's no equality in our beings the whole different right just look back at anthropology and there's a reason why we survive we survive because we bring opposite things to the yeah. table to survive women need protection to survive in nature and men need to get their stuff together life together and, and be able to provide protect women and give and cherish them is the bonus on top of this but nature is made we're made to be polarized together and work together so if we if we don't want to do that we don't get to dance right yeah well, somebody once told me if you both are exactly the same, one of you is redundant. <laughs> well, it's just a good. It's true, and 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 my bit. It's very funny because in my business, I could actually, if I talk to a person with challenges, right? Like they, they call me about the relationship or the lack of relationship or what always happens. Just talking to the one person, I could tell you quickly who the other person is or who they attract naturally mm -hmm. because we all lose. There's always a yin yang. If you're a masculine woman. If you're, mas if you're a masculine woman, you'll attract masculine, a feminine man, period. 
because it's not about anything else but energy. It's energy that pulls us together. Magnetism, polarity is nature. So masculine women attract feminine men who do nothing that masculine men do. And by the way, those are the toxic ones. Those are the cheaters. Those are the liars. Those are the manipulators. Those are the ones who do all the stuff that talk about toxic masculinity. It's yeah. feminine men. I call them boys. It comes from that. Men don't do that. Boys, that's what they do. But if you're a masculine woman, you only attract boys. You'll think that's men. And you're the one talking crap about toxic masculinity and men. You can't trust them and they're all cheaters and liars. Yeah, in your world, you're right. But that's only a small percentage of the populace of men. So yeah. that's a tragedy in my world, right? Yeah, because yeah, all those... Men, all those behaviors yeah. are coming from a place of uh, insecurity in a sense. Like Broken. I, it's I, broken. Yeah. She's yeah. broken. He's broken. Right? Yeah. Because I'm going to say this. And I, I well, we raise women, first of all, in a culture that are masculine. And so it's culturally, since they're five years old, right? they're raised in fear of the masculine, in fear of man, by their mothers, by the system, by the school, by the girlfriends, by their friends. Right? Like, you know, you can't trust men. So go, girl, you know, protect yourself, build your own life. Great. Great. Except. That fear will actually keep you from understanding how to get along with men. It's incredibly damaging if eventually, and this is my business, right? All my clients, you have a business, you have a career, you have a life, you make money, you have your own car, house, life, blah, blah. You you know, women say, I have everything and I'm still young. Nobody wants to date me. Well, because you're looking for a masculine man and you don't attract those guys because your masculine energy turns them, up, turns, turns them off. Like masculine men don't don't want to be with masculine women. Hunters are not attracted to hunters. Hunters don't date hunters, right? So the yin yang is in place again, and men just respond to that. It's not a thought process; it's just reactive. So masculine women, they're everywhere in our culture. Go girl, boss babe. Okay, good. And they make money. They're capable. They're amazing. They've proven they can do everything, except being relationship with men because their energy has not been focused on understanding men, trying to be in a dance with men, learning to dance with men, understanding how that all works. They spend all their time making money. So um, what I'm saying is it's fine, but there's a price to pay for this. Yeah. And like I said, when your energy is over over polarized into masculine, you'll attract the opposite. And you, the, the possibilities of relationships, long-term healthy, goes out the window with that. Yeah. These are all my clients. And it's not their fault, right? It's just how it happened. Yeah. I think what really is standing out to me is that in no way, shape, or form here have you been talking about the value of one person over another. You've been strictly sure. talking about energy and dynamic and uh, a little bit around uh, you know roles that have shown to work in, especially in the United States, Canada, yep. a lot of the Western world, um, you know, in elements of nature, even I'm, I keep thinking of like a lion pride, <laughs> you know, like, you know, yeah. even there, yeah. male it's and female nature. Yeah. Look, everywhere in nature is the same. Yeah. Female never is like a male. They're always made to be complementary. So the species continues and survives. insects, yeah. animals, bat, you know, all of it. Yeah. It's, everywhere. it's called nature. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm teaching. And when we step away from nature, it confuses everyone, everything, makes things complicated. We don't understand why. It should be better. It's not. You're going against nature. And you could be you could go against nature all you want. It's fine because we can, because we're adaptable. Except the price to pay is no relationship, no love, no kids, no family. Yeah. Like some of my clients that are fifty, six years old, single, no man, no marriage, no kid. And they're miserable. Yeah. And are antidepressant and they wonder what happened to their lives. Right? They got stuck. Like 
they they got stuck in a money lane or you know go girl lane as opposed to the love lane and women who actually want it all which is most of them they, they, they typically everybody wants it all right women want it all they want to be independent strong powerful and have families and kids and be, except you can't do both it's two full-time job no one can do it so if you pick the money lane because you were raised that way and you, you think it's a better idea you will not be able to slip into the love lane very well very few can do it yeah so there's a way to have it all which is not the way we teach it in our culture or that we model in our culture yeah, I understand that women who work hard to build their lives, which is, again, it's a choice. It's fantastic. It's often not their fault. They're, they're just being conditioned that that's the thing to do first. And later on, maybe find a husband and have a couple of kids. Maybe. Well, the problem with that is by the age of 35, men who want to be married are married. And this is when it gets complicated having children. Like women burn their youth on the money lane and they think they're going to get the love lane later and it doesn't work. It, they, again, it gets against nature. By the age of 35, you understand that trying to get pregnant at 35, the doctors call that geriatric pregnancy. That's not cute. That is not cute, right? And and so if you want it all, you have to do it the other way, you know, and it, uh, that's a whole different topic. Yeah. But like this is, again, <laughs> if you go with nature, you got to use your youth for what the youth is good for, attracting yeah. men, having choices in be able to be fertile and make babies. It, it doesn't mean you don't do your, the, the the money lane, but you could you could you could specialize in something in school. You could get your diploma, you get degrees, your masters, whatever. But if you wait too long, the other side of your life will show up. So yeah. you start there, focus on family and babies. Wait a few years because typically by five, the kids are in school. You get your life back and give your space back, and then women will step back in life and their business, their career, their lives. That's having it all. Yeah. But not the other way. Yeah, we started. The other way is dangerous. Yeah. Terrible. And I get to stories about women <laughs> who just go, I did it wrong. I did it wrong. I believe in, you know, I believe my mother. I believe, you know, you know I should have done the other way. Having it all is love lane first, career later. Yeah. Not the other way around. Just say it's, it's sad to watch. It's it doesn't mean they can't, like, set the stage early on, have That's the, the start of the family, and then go on as well to to uh, yeah yeah so it's right. your 20s are typically you know you can go to school get a degree in masters and stuff but you also have to you know if you want kids that you have to manage that then now a lot of ladies get sucked into the life and the work and, and production and again by the time they it's too late yeah i mean i tell you horrible stories of women who waited too long and it's even even with the possibility is there later later on their body is like no Wow. Yeah. yeah. Devastating. Uh, just Horrible. the health risks that are involved when, All when you're that. having babies All later, that. like in late 30s, early 40s even. It's, yeah. But yeah. I mean, also the pool of men who are willing to do this that late, the guys, men who want babies and families have already done it. Yeah. So it's even harder to find somebody at that age who wants to do this with you because either the, the ones that are available are either weird or they've been divorced, they don't want to do that again. And because the ones who wanted this have done it, they're doing it. You know, and yeah. women say this to me all the time, like, you know, all the good ones, the good ones are taken. I'm like, right? Right? Yeah, I mean, because that again back to very traditional traditional men want traditional women. Traditional women do what traditional women do. Traditional men. And then I wonder also like uh, men who never really seem to grow up either. Like we talked about a, a little oh, bit the boys, oh, yeah, the boys. The boys. And yeah. uh, so I know of men who are uh, at least they're men by age, but they're in their right. you know their thirties, their mid thirties even. And yep. uh, everywhere they're yeah, everywhere. They they can't navigate a relationship to save their lives. Uh, but they want one, 
uh, but then they act like a boy. They they either yep. cheat on their their partner or uh, they avoid commitment or it's always about yeah. what I want. So they're not really leading in a sense. They're not um, at all. Yeah, and, and so I wonder if do you run into that as well with the coaching you do, where these men are like, "How do I lead?" Yeah, no, I absolutely because in our culture, you know, as 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 well as masculinizing women with feminized men. So mm-hmm. men are now afraid to be toxic, afraid to be pushy, afraid to lean in, afraid to offend, afraid to be accused of all kinds of ridiculous crap. When it comes to nature and being leading women and stepping in and go, how are you how you're pretty? I'd like to get to know you. Oh, that's toxic. Okay, well, what do I do? Send a text? Women hate that, right? I can't. So men are confused and men are stepping back and they don't know how to do it and they were told that being masculine is toxic. Yeah. Like, think about this for one second, right? To be masculine is toxic, so they don't know what to do. But women will complain, men aren't doing anything. How come they don't, you know, they just want to hang out. They don't want to make plans. Yeah. They don't come after us. I'm like, well, congratulations. If the, you know, the agenda is working. Why won't they be masculine? <laughs> because they're not supposed to be, according to everyone, and they're toxic, dangerous. Yeah. Okay, well, there you go. You got it. So you, you want them to be classic, traditional, but constantly tell them there's something wrong with them and they're not supposed to be that and yeah. then you wonder why they don't do anything so but men will come at me boys typically you know and I, I hate to say this but it's just reality numbers are there it's not my opinion data boys typically come from family boys typically come from single mother family they don't have male role models they don't know how to be men they don't have nobody to role model masculinity and out there it's not model in any way because it's wrong and they're they're raised by women who raise them to be sensitive and sweet and live life, live their lives through their feelings as opposed to their logic. And so they don't want to logically do anything that requires manning up. They don't want to be challenged. They don't want to push. They don't want to compete. They don't want to fight. They want to be comfortable. They were made comfortable too long, and they actually see women as a source of comfort, as in she's supposed to make me comfortable, as opposed to what real men do. That real men want to make women comfortable. <laughs> they will fight and push and conquer and build something big. So, so to 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 have them able and capable of taking care of a woman and kids and family, masculinity prides itself in that. Yeah, these guys, these boys, just don't want any of it. They want to be the girl. They want women to work, and so they're pro feminist, pro fifty fifty, pro. You know, I don't want to take your power, so you pay for dinner, half of it, right? And and like seriously, they yeah, no. they don't want the responsibilities. They don't want to marry. They don't want to make kids. They don't want to take responsibility for kids. They don't want. It's incredible. So that's what we produce. Congratulations, people. We really messed the, 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 the everything up, right? Yeah. And again, it's against nature. It doesn't work. So men will come at me with, "I don't know how to do this. How do I do this?" I'm like, "Okay, well, step up, step up, challenge yourself, push. You know, build something. Build something that's hard to build. Build something." You know, that you have to discipline yourself for something greater than you. You have to push for, fight for. This is how you build your character. This is how you build your confidence. And that's how you make money. And that's how you actually become capable in the world that, that will give you self-respect and the respect of both men and women. And when you're capable, you can do whatever you want. You can find yourself a, a woman and take care of her and have kids and build a family and a whole kingdom around you. That's what you have to do. Yeah. So... To this, to this day, men's roles has never changed. Men are still expected to be traditional in that way. Provide, protect, cherish, and support, right? Women, children, that's never changed. 
today we're still judged if you don't do this, you play a video game and you're 30 years old and live in your mother's house, loser. Right. Right. So women aren't just in these guys and guys don't respect those guys. So men's roles have never changed. We're still expected to be traditional, except in our culture, we teach women to never be traditional. You're better than that. Houston, there's a problem. Mm. Yeah. It clashes together. And I, I love it. it. Throughout this whole conversation, you've touched on those main ingredients. I'm, I'm bringing this all back together for us. Yes, sir. Uh, you've touched on things like, you know, the, the role of leading in that dance and in that relationship. Uh, yep. So there's that that confidence that I can lead us here, here, and here um, that be- that benefits both of us. Um, yep. Having that um, sensitivity, not in terms of like, I'm going to cry for every little thing, uh, although I will cry at a good, you know, sad part of a movie, but that's not the point. The point is the sensitivity to read your partner that this is what she's feeling, this is what she's needing, uh, yep. or just ask, hey, I... I I kind of feel like you have something more you need to say. And so those kinds of like the sensitivity to navigate the needs of your partner, um, yep. the, the courage to, to navigate that, to adjust, to meet your partner's needs, meet your own needs as well. Uh, not to be the dominant person. Um, and I think one phrase I heard was like that of a tender warrior, uh, that, um, you, you're strong, you're tough, you protect, and then at the same time, you can flip the switch and you could be that tender father, the tender husband, the doting, yep. the yep. cherishing husband kind of thing. I, and I call that devoted masculinity. Love that. Masculine men devoted to their families. So there's a different, there's, there's a softer angle in that. Warrior out there, devoted husband, will fight and protect and kill his family. However, the daddy lover energy is in the house. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think, I don't know why, but the character the uh, Joker from um, Full Metal Jacket, the duality of man. It's like these are two parts of the same man, you know, that yep. he can be that protector, that warrior, and also that tender, loving person in the home. Both are still leading and mm-hmm. uh, and neither are meek, you know, neither are. Oh, my. Uh, yeah. So I, I love that we've had this conversation and uh, I want folks to have a chance to be able to, to tap into your coaching uh, and, yep. you know, I mean, so you got projectequinox.net. I know that's your website, yep. uh, but tell us about Project Equinox and the coaching programs you offer. Well, actually, I have a gift for your clients or your listeners. I think that would be more appropriate than, you know, it'll help more. It, so from my experience, I do a lot of podcasting because my mission is to spread this around the planet. And so give people hope, especially, well, both men and women, but we're in pain differently, I want to say. This is what I say every day, but that there is a way to do this, this whole, this understanding what's out there is not working, whether teaching us in our culture, this tidal wave of cultural belief is not working if you want long-term relationship. It's just not working. So, I mean, I'm not a moralist, right? You do whatever you want. I'm saying if you want to know how to build healthy long-term relationship, you can't listen to what's out there. It'll mess you up. So, and again, it's, and I'm not going back to the 50s, right? There's the modern way to do classical stuff. It's a modern twist. It's still pretty traditional in the sense we just talked about, plus, you know, modern ways because we live in a modern world. Yeah. So my so as I do these podcasts to spread hope and try to change the belief system that's not working, it's gonna take a while, by the way. It's my mission. Um, but I say go to podcasts, there's typically two types of people who get on podcasts who listen to podcasts. There are people who just want information, right? They're just curious, they want information. So if somebody's listening wants information about me or my work. I, I have a book, it's called Five Irresistible, it's called, I have it right here, it's called The Five Irresistible 
five feminine qualities high value men find absolutely is irresistible in women. You can buy it on my website. I will if 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 your listeners who are curious about material information, email me at Andre Coaching the number one Andre Coaching the number one at Gmail, and in the title write irresistible book. I will just send you the book. That's all me. That's a gift. So if the second type of listeners typically listeners will get on podcasts to find tools. They want to they want to learn something. They want to take action. If you're an action taking person, email me at Andre Coaching One at Gmail and in the title write talk now. That'll send me a signal that you want to have a conversation with me. I will send you a Zoom link and we'll get on a one hour call, a VIP call, one on one and we'll talk about what you heard that connected with you, what's not working, where you're struggling, and what is a dream. And then that, I'll, I'll, I'll present my different packages, right? The small, medium, large, extra large, all that stuff, plus group and all, all tiers of information and or investment that you want to step in. So that is my gift to your listeners. I'm on TikTok. I'm on uh, um, Instagram, YouTube. I'm all over the place. If you go to the website, these channels all connected down below. Um, I do a million podcasts, so if you just even Google my name, Andre Parody Podcast, you have an avalanche of stuff to kind of give you a taste of what we just did with different ways. And uh, yeah, I encourage people to really take advantage of that call, though. The book a call with me to just really get personal, and that call with some people changes their lives because a lot of people don't understand that's what they do, right? the psychology of our lives and our choices that not one of, nobody gets out of childhood unscathed. We, you know, we all experience abuse, neglect, and abandonment. We have different issues. Some people have all of it, right? So, interestingly enough, women who typically are stuck in being masculine never felt safe as little girls. So they cannot develop their femininity, right? It's it's not their fault. It's just a product of whatever happened to we little. To peel that back, I'm very good at this. I'm just in twenty minutes, right? Peel that back and understand there's nothing wrong with you. You're a product of ah. Oh, Right. Some, like, seriously, that call will change their lives. Just understanding there's nothing wrong with them. That it's the, and it's, again, belief system that you don't remember. Decision you made about the world, people, life, yourself, that drives you subconsciously that you think you're making choices, but you're stuck. Right. So that's an amazing call on its own. So I suggest, you know, have a little courage. Because it takes a little courage to go on a one on one. But I, this is who I am. I'm just this guy. Like, I want your side. I want you to win. I want to help alleviate the pain and confusion. And so that's an opportunity to get in and then maybe get in other places. Like the group coaching is amazing and, and all the way up to the, the big one-on-one program. So there. Yeah. Love that. Thank and, you. you know, I've been doing my homework on you, Andre. And uh, yeah. for anybody who's still wondering, like, well, what's their relationship like, his relationship? And from what I've seen, uh, your wife is not. June Cleaver. She is not a Stepford wife at oh, all. Hell no. There was nothing about her that is like that. I'm like, they yeah. look like a modern hip couple. <laughs> so uh, they, they definitely compliment you. You guys compliment each other from everything I've seen, uh, the videos I've watched, uh, the the engagements in her presence on the web, your presence on the web. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's the real deal, guys. And so before I mean, we go, Andre, um, yeah. any final words of wisdom to share with folks? Well, you know, I, I say be very careful what you buy into that's being fed to you through our culture. Be very, very careful. And ultimately, I say, you know, you have to think it through. Don't get yourself, you know, on cruise control with what the world tells you you should be, you should do, you should become. Right? Again, I'm t- I, I say this with all my heart and 
pains me to even say this and because I see it in all culture we raise women to be suspicious, afraid, and to not trust men. How is that helping? It's not. So then so the women feeling vulnerable and unsafe in the world will then step into being masculine to protect themselves and be capable, which is fantastic, except it typically goes too far. And the struggle with all my clients is not knowing when they go too far, not knowing where to recalibrate, not knowing that the, the actual, I call it a sweet spot. There's a sweet spot. It's a way to do both that allows you to have both the full life. My wife has, I think, the perfect life. She got to be, she's a mother and a wife, but she's also living a dream as a ballerina. She teaches in, you know, studios, two, two schools locally. She works part-time, makes full-time money, travels to set numbers in different, you know, um, uh, dance companies around the United States. Like, so she gets to live her dream of career to be a mentor to dancers. Like, uh, that's her dream. And she's also a mom and a wife because her life is set up that she can do both. That's having it all. You know what I mean? So watch with the culture where you buy into, right? And stop listening to women who are angry and don't trust men, whether it's your mother, your friend, right? 30% of men are boys. Okay, we know this. The statistic, 30% of men out there are boys. I mean, 70% are not. The 30% that are boys are toxic and dangerous and everything you'd be suspicious of. Great. 70% are not. So let's go discover that paradigm and that. So again, sweet spot. We spot like smart people, smart people, I'm just saying, smart people don't have to learn their own mistakes. They learn from others' mistakes. They get around with other, like they get it before they have to fall on their own faces. So I'm saying again, watch what the culture is teaching you, both men and women, right? Women don't like sweet men. Nice guy syndrome does not work. There's a reason because nice guy syndrome doesn't have the mojo of a masculine, I got it, energy that makes women feel safe. Women don't feel safe with nice guys. They, they say they, they want it, but ultimately their, their bodies, their instinct, their intuition, their DNA says, no, you can't protect me. He's too sweet. He's too soft. I am on my own. I could probably kick his butt, right? So women want the sensitivity of men, and they say they want sensitive men, but they really don't want a feminine man. They don't want a soft man, right? So... Again, that's a dance, right? Like, so he wants to be masculine with sensitivity. And, and when a woman feels safe, she actually is allowed and is able to slip into her feminine and her vulnerability where she's the most comfortable. It's so freaking beautiful and natural. But to make man the enemy, ladies, to protect yourself, to man up, and to take control of everything means the opposite of vulnerability is control. Control is masculine. So if you want control... You're never going to find yourself attracting a masculine man. Let him lead so you can slip into relaxing into him. And by the way, that openness makes you more feminine, relaxes your nervous system, makes you grounded, allows you to open up, be warm, energetically to be radiant, right? And this is the gift that you bring to humanity and us male. Your femininity lifts our spirit. Or your femininity warms us up. Or your femininity, we want to protect. We want to protect it. It's precious. When you're masculine, we don't want to protect it. Your masculinity is competitive with ours. We don't protect masculine women. It's energetically, 
it's a feminine energy that we delight in. Anyway, I could do this whole little into it. Oh man, yeah, I'm I'm like sitting here just well, listening, and I'm like, oh yeah, we're wrapping up, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Andre, it was a pleasure. I knew when we uh, got introduced to each other on Podmatch that this was going to be a great conversation, a very deep one. Uh, and uh, I mean, yeah, just the the back and forth this whole time has kept me kept me my interest peaked, and I hope those of you listening in that this has been of value to you and definitely take advantage of these gifts that Andre is uh, offering up. Andre, again, thank you for being on here. Absolutely. Thank you for helping me spread that out and bring hope to the world out there. That's my mission. Thank you. <laughs> wow. I hope you took a lot of notes like I did. Andre was great to speak with. In fact, we took up the entire hour slot just to keep going and we took it to the very end until it was time to switch over to another interview. Now, if you want more on Andre, how you can reach out to him, more resources, all those good things on healthy relationships, as well as past episodes that we've covered here on Beyond the Rut on Healthy Marriage, then go to the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 388. There you'll find links to Andre's resources, as well as our own, to help you thrive in your marriage. Now, hit the share button as well. Send this episode to somebody you think would also appreciate it. And you know what? I'm glad you joined me for this episode. I look forward to joining you again on the next one. But until next time, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Capshow team today and join me inside that community.